Recording from Studio 262 in the AOB, you're tuned in to What the Howl, an inside look at UWG Athletics straight from the source. Now here are your hosts, Matt Cook and Jared Boggess. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to another episode of What the Howl. This is episode 94, and I am Jared Boggess, and I am joined by my co-host... Matt Cook, your assistant athletic director for Awesome. And... PBG from the AOB, baby. Producer Bryant Gray in the house with us here on What the Howl. Uh, fun week, I think, overall, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We've had worse. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we had a really yeah, bad one. Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about it here on episode 94. And we're going to recap it, and then we're going to do our someone to howl about. I'm going first this week, so none of y'all steal mine. So <laughs> I write the script so I can do that. Um, and then after that, of course, we'll preview this week um, on this episode of What the Howl. But first, we've got to deliver on some promises because we've got a five-star rating to shout out. Nice. Five-star rating. If you remember, last week we recorded on my birthday – Matt was like, well, if you give a happy birthday shout-out to Jared on your review, I'll send you a Dingers Club t-shirt. Well, MWNix69 says, nice job, guys. Jared, thank you for all your help, and happy birthday. So we got to send him a uh, a Dingers Club t-shirt. Nice. Somebody I'm excited about it. Do we, do we know the size? Um, No, but here's the thing. My favorite part of this is uh, to uh, try to figure out who it is, and uh, there's usually some code, but... I believe this is Michael Nix. Oh, nice. Um, and I'll save the postage, and I'll just have a Dingers Club t-shirt for you this weekend. Ah, I love it. I yeah. love it. So thanks for uh, the review. We really appreciate it. And if you don't know what the Dingers Club t-shirts are, it's a good opportunity for us to tell you. Coalfield, University Field, this weekend, any home series, we go yard, we're throwing out t-shirts. Dingers Club. Yeah, they're a great shirt, great idea by you, Matt, to throw out Dingers Club t-shirts on the home runs. And special thank you to Osier Apparel for sponsoring that this year. It's a really cool thing, cool design, and uh, it was a hit at softball last week. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things we used to do. um, We used to do the uh, Blue Diamond Day. Blue Diamond Day, yeah. We would do do Blue Diamond Day, and we give them out, but... You know, it, it creates a little bit more energy. Let, let us have some fun. We, you know, we like throwing T-shirts out when people do big things for the Wolves. So um, let's just keep that rolling. Next thing at softball with the Dingers Club T-shirts I really want to try, and I don't know if it'll happen, but I want to take the T-shirt cannon and fire one across the field to the people in the outfield. I like it. But I don't know. That may be frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. I guess we should probably test it first. Yeah, because if the center fielder has to catch it, she's going to throw <laughs> yeah, it back. That's not going to be good. It's going to be a Chicago Cubs home <laughs> yeah. run. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the recap. Speaking of softball, we'll start there. Who had um, big week, their best week of the season overall, going 4-1, and one, had a doubleheader sweep over a previously unbeaten Albany State team on Wednesday and then went to Jackson, Tennessee over the weekend and took two or three from the Bulldogs. So four and one week for the Wolves. Let's talk about. It. Let's break it down. Albany State's uh, doubleheader. Macy Ann McKnight pitched a complete game in game one. Uh, we run ruled the Golden Rams ten to two. Oh, speaking of, before I get too far, back to Michael Nixon. His shout out. Uh, he says thank you for your help. Let's let me thank him for his help because Albany State didn't have a live stream or live stats down at this doubleheader, and he was uh, sending me text updates so I could update the Twitter. So thank you for that. Um, I just had to throw that in there before He's I forgot. He's going to be someone to howl about, isn't he? No, he's not going to be my someone to howl about, but I uh, do have to give him a, a big shout-out for helping me out there um, and, and getting that game covered uh, on social media. But back to game one, um, Macy Ann pitched a complete game in that game. We run-ruled him 10-2. to 
RJ Janky, who is swinging a red hot bat, two for three in that game with a double, two RBIs. Um, and Chandler Mevis was three for four with three RBIs. So um, the bats woke up, the pitching was there, and we got a big win in that first game. And like we said, a- uh, Albany State previously unbeaten. They were 14 and 0 going into that game. So they had a lot of confidence, but uh, shattered that with a sweep. Well, and uh, speaking of Janky, um, so I think I think Janky's going to be on uh, on Wolves Athletics Weekly this week. Bryant, did you, did, how was the interview? How did that go? I, it went fantastic. She was really excited about her weekends, excited about her comeback. I think she missed eight. I don't know how many games she missed. Seven games. But eight games back, she's hitting 450 and three home runs. She was really excited. Yeah, she had her first home run of the season in that game two win at Albany State. We won it five to two. Riley Green also hit a home run in that game, and A.T. was three for four. Uh, so the bats kept going right there, and then Kaylee Dowdy pitched a really good game in that second game. One earned run in 6.1 innings pitch, but she ran into trouble and got the bases loaded in a three-run game in the seventh, and uh, Coach Al went out and got her and put Macy Ann to come out and uh, get a two-out save. So good job by her. So picked up a win and a save in that doubleheader, which was good to see from Macy Ann. But a good doubleheader sweep to get some momentum going into a winnable Union Series, and that's exactly what we did up in Jackson this weekend. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really, really good to see them starting to, to – <laughs> the schedule's been re- really tough yes, so far this year. It's not been it's not been an easy schedule uh, for Al Thomas, and, and, and the record kind of shows that, but – um, it's good to good to get a couple of games under your belt where you can where you where you get a win and and uh, get some confidence there. Yeah, um, talking about the Union series though, game one, Macy Ann really set the tone. We talked about her in game one against Albany State, and then she one ups that and goes a complete game, seven innings pitched, allows just one run, sets a career high, season high with six strikeouts, and R.J. Janky picking up right where she left off. Another home run. She was three for four with two RBIs in that game. So really pacing the offense. And then Chris Nix, two for three, two doubles, three RBIs in that game. And we got a two-RBI double from freshman Emma Bailey in that game. Uh, so the bats were really hot in there, and they stayed hot in game two. What do you know? R.J. Janky, another home run in that game. She another three, one? She had a home run in three straight games right there in that the game two of Albany State and then the first two in that series. That one was a three-run home run from uh, her in the third inning in game two. Scarborough hit a two-run bomb in the sixth to get us up uh, by 5-0. Emma Worley was just pitching the best game of her career, and she finished with the best game of her career, but she uh, she had a shutout going. I think she had a no-hitter going into the fifth or maybe the sixth, and they finally got their first hit, and then uh, they tagged her for three runs, two earned in the – in the seventh, and that's when Al went back to Macy Ann, came in, got her second save of the week. So she finished 2-0 and with two saves on the week, so that was good to see. Uh, and then in game three, we just fell behind, couldn't dig ourselves out of the hole, ended up losing it 9-5, to um, and I honestly can't remember what happened uh, offensively in that game. But um, I think we had to use all three pitchers in that one. Uh, but we'd already won the series. I, I like to say we're playing with house money when we get to that that game three, and we've already swept the doubleheader. Uh, won the series, going for the sweep. So hard to be disappointed in losing that last game uh, when you've already won the series. So, uh, like we said, a good week from softball. Yeah, it's all. It, it is really, really good to see uh, that that type of week. Um, <laughs> you know, you never know in this league. Um, it's a very, very good league, and uh, and for us to to come out with two wins on the weekend, that's pretty big. Absolutely. Let's talk about baseball, who they also went four and one this week, right? Oh yeah, they didn't play doubleheader midweek. You're right. Uh, three and one. 
with a win over Georgia Southwestern on Tuesday. Bryant is going to talk a little bit about baseball because uh, PBG is our baseball guy. All right. Uh, Tuesday, I was with basketball in Huntsville. You're but, right. You're right. But I can talk a little bit about Georgia Southwestern. I got the win 8-7. to seven. Uh, We scored three runs in the top of the first, and then we forgot how to score – in a baseball game, we forgot how to hit until <laughs> we, the top of the night. We, we we forgot how to hit. We went we went from the third inning. Uh, we uh, in it was either the second or the third. I think it was the third. We had the we had the bases loaded and one out and couldn't push anything across, and and then we didn't do anything else until the ninth. Yeah, the ninth was huge. We yeah. scored what five five in the ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five five runs in the ninth. Um, I think that Jeff is getting more and more gray hair each game out. <laughs> um, because uh, and and when I say Jeff, that's head coach Jeff Smith. For those of you who don't keep score and haven't looked at the website recently, um, but uh, but yeah, it, it, we're we're we've been. Living on the edge uh, with a lot of late inning uh, heroics here uh, at the beginning of the season, so um, it's been fun to watch. But also, whew, we'd like to we'd like to have what happened in Game Three of, of the Union Series happen a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. And getting into that Union Series Game One, we lost four to three. Uh, we started that game really slow. We we stranded the bases loaded in the top of the third, and we had no one out. We got bases loaded. We got back to back singles, and then. I think Brody drew a walk or something, and then three straight outs, so that was tough. And, you know, we started a rally in the ninth. Uh, we got a couple people on, and then Brody hit a two RBI double down the line, and then Colin Moore was hit by a pitch, and then Ladner grounded it to shortstop, and Colin Moore just took out the second baseman and mm -hmm. ended the game. Had no chance. Yeah, and, and it's always good to, to have that kind of momentum going into the next game. I mean, you, you always want to win. Wins are, are great momentum as well, but but uh, to come in and, and really push them in the, in the ninth again, I wish we could have pulled that one out, but um, – but if you if you heard there was a hit there from Brody and then there was a hit in in the southwestern game from Brody, so uh, there's a trend that's going to be uh, throughout the weekend. <laughs> um, and like you're saying, good to to get a little momentum going. If we just lay an egg in that ninth and lose, uh, what four to zero or do we have one? What was the score? We, it was four to one. Do we lose four to one? There's no telling what happens in the end of the, the rest of the series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to get that momentum going into game two of that Friday doubleheader was big, like you said. Yeah, and in game two, we did win 8-5 to five. Uh, in the third inning. Fuzzy Fur got us started scoring with a two-RBI double. And then Calibro, two-run home run, capped off a big third inning there. And then in the fourth, Edgar Cruz, another two-RBI single. And we were up 6-1 to one going in the fifth. Calibro and, and Edgar uh, Cruz, Rico, uh, I think I called him Rico Suave in one of the one of the <laughs> hashtags this weekend. Um, but... Uh, but he, the uh, Rico was uh, he hit six twenty five for the weekend against Union five for eight, uh, three runs scored five RBI, um, and and he had a home run. Um, so it, for the whole week he he hit six hundred. So he was definitely our player of the week nominee for the for the conference. Uh, so Calibro was right behind him. I was about to ask, is that Calibro home run? Is that the tweet? Yes. Yeah, that's the tweet. The, so if you <laughs> missed it, I have to read the tweet. Um, Matt's running the social media for this game, and Calibro hits a bomb that probably still hasn't landed. Um, and Matt tweets the video out with, Ladies and gentlemen, your in-flight meal will be a choice of chicken or fish. Please make sure your seatbelts are fastened and your tray tables are in their full upright position. Your in-flight movie stars Anthony Calibro. 
Great tweet. <laughs> that was great tweet. Uh, that that was a lot of fun. I, I and see, I me growing growing up when I did, uh, I was a big airplane fan. The movie Airplane. Yeah. And there's a line in that movie that where, where he said, "What do we ha- what do we have for dinner?" And she said, "She said we had a choice of chicken or fish." And he goes, "Yes, I remember. I had lasagna." <laughs> so if I had, I couldn't, I couldn't respond to that because I would have been talking to myself, and that's weird. Um, but. I wanted to respond and say, yes, I remember I had lasagna just because I could. Your brain is a (laughs) scary place. It is a scary place. But that was just, you know, so that's that's where the chicken or fish came from, just in case you were wondering. Got it. Well, back in game two, uh, Union came back with four in the fifth, but then Calibro and Wortham's RBI singles in the sixth and seventh, respectively, kind of put the game on ice. Matt. Ronnie Pottmeyer slammed the door again. Huh? I know, right? Hey, he had two saves this week. So he was actually our pitch, our, our pitcher's nominee for, for Gold South Conference Pitcher of the Week. Two saves, and he's 1-0, which I don't – I think I need to go back and look at that because I don't think you can have a win and a save. You a cannot. And he had two two he had two appearances. So there, there was a mistake there made, um, but he had two appearances this week, 2.2 innings. He gave up one hit and uh, and had two saves. That that's a that's a pretty good week. Yeah, and still has the killer mustache. Yes, yes. He it, there, there's uh, Jared has a new tweet that's probably going to come out this week at Shh, some point. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk. Not about gonna it. reveal no, that. Not gonna reveal it yet. Well, we just moved to Saturday where the Wolves picked up the series win in Game Three, ten to seven. Uh, Matt, you covered this game as well. Uh, it was kind of crazy. Really long game. Yeah, a lot, a lot happening in that game, um, and and it was every time we would we would take a lead, I would be like, all right, here we go, and then they'd come right back and score and score more. So it was just it was really really a seesaw battle, back and forth affair. Um, I think I think when I wrote in the sto- what I wrote in the story was like three different things: uh, seesaw battle, back and forth affair, what whatever you want to call it. Teeter totter. Um, teeter totter. Anything. It was just it was complete back and forth. Um but we finally we finally took the lead late in the game and and then uh put up two in the uh and, and we were up eight seven. Stopped them in the bottom of the eighth and then in the top of the ninth uh put up two more uh to to put it away. But that was where Edgar got his uh his home run first home run of the season. And uh and the guy's swinging a good bat. I'm telling you we had three home runs this weekend that that were tape measure shots. Just if you watch them, they're all on Twitter. You can go back and watch on UWG Baseball. All you got to do is go on Twitter, UWG Baseball, and look for media, and you can see all three home runs. And I think the total amount of steps taken by any outfielder, infielder, anybody that played for Union was like seven. <laughs> like n- n- nobody, n- like, and that's combined. That's combined. Nobody moved on any of the home runs. It, the, the ball was hit, and they just kind of went, oh, oh, there it goes. Uh, it, it it was it, it they were all launched, launched. Yeah. So overall, a good weekend for the Wolves. Uh, I wrote down three bullet points for overall. What are you, um, a Baptist preacher? No, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, you know, the first one's in all caps, and it says Ezra Brown looks good. Yes. And I'm yes. not talking about his looks. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. Weird. <laughs> uh, he's got a 1.42 ERA. If you don't know Jared, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's only given up six hits all year and only one run all year. Well, and and I had a I had a I had a debate with myself on Pipe Meyer, Pete Meyer. Is it Pete Meyer? Or Pipe Meyer? I, think I call him Pipe Meyer. You call him Pipe. Jeff Meyer. calls him Pete Meyer. Jeff calls him Pete Meyer. We will. Ronnie, can you let us know? Yeah. How do we say your last how, name? How do we say your last name? <laughs> we we would like to know if it is Pete Meyer. Then uh, we have an Easter promotion coming in your in your name. 
<laughs> um. <laughs> wow. PBG is <laughs> crying. This is not a video uh, podcast, but yeah. if it was, you would see real tears. Oh, the Pete Meyer Easter promotion got him. Wow. So, but I, I, it was between it was between Pipe Meyer, Pete Meyer, and Ezra Brown because Ezra had five strikeouts. Um, as far as pitching goes, both of them had a zero ERA. Um, he had five strikeouts. Ronnie, I don't think he had a strikeout, but he he just didn't allow any any anybody on base for the most part. Um, but he also got two saves. So, I I went with the two saves because. That there, there's an actual stat there. So, yeah. uh, so, but uh, but Ezra was really he was actually my first choice. And then as I looked down the list, I was like, ah, two saves. That's that's a that's a tougher that's a tougher choice. So mm-hmm. it was like A and one A or something like that. Like I don't want to say A one because that's steak sauce. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had to make the choice and not me. Right. But the other two bullet points: uh, Rob Coleman, another quality start, even though he got the loss. He did go six innings, uh, six hits, four runs, I think. And only one Wolves hitter is hitting over 400 at this point. I'll let you guess. I'm not going to say his name anymore because I'll probably talk about it too much. Um, I bet it rhymes with Rody Alert. I don't know what I'm going to say there. <laughs> well, but but it's important that you brought that up, though. It's, it's important that you brought that up because Brody Wortham is now on a 31-game hitting streak. And and uh, so we we talked about the trend over the weekend because he continued to get hits and and he got a hit in every every game that week and that's thirty one games dating back to last season. He ended the game the season last year with a thirteen game hitting streak. This was game eighteen. By my math, that is thir- that is thirty one games. Is that, is that accurate? This is a math pod, and I think that is correct. It is it is it is mathing today one hundred and one. So, <laughs> but uh, it, he needs five more. He needs five more to to tie Brian Davis. Brian Davis, thirty six games. That's in that's from the Gulf South Conference uh, uh, book. Ours says thirty five, but the conference says thirty six. Um, so I, I I think there's some discrepancy discrepancy there, but uh, but the conference but the conference has thirty six. So we're gonna we're gonna go with thirty six. the The record is thirty eight. The for the Gulf South Conference. So. He is. He's already in rarefied air. He's already. He's already ahead of the. I think he's now into sixth place in the in in the conference history as far as uh, hitting streaks goes. So this is something that hasn't happened at West Georgia in uh, in twenty five years. Yeah. So it's it's a fantastic thing, and uh, and it, one of the one of his hits was very very. <laughs> It was a little flare to the right to right field. Oh, yeah. I think just it was over, game one. Yeah, ju- just over, the, uh, and it was in the ninth inning, or it was it was eighth or ninth inning, something like that. It was late in the game. I think in game two, his only hit came in like the ninth inning. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. It was one one of the games. His only hit came late in the game. Like I was worried that he was gonna that he wasn't gonna get another chance, and and it came up. We were going to the uh, to the bottom half of the inning, and uh, and it was uh, eight nine, and then Brody was coming up. So I was like, oh, he's got a chance. And then the flare. Yeah. Well, to quote the great Michael Gary Scott, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. So I'm going to quit talking about it. <laughs> yeah. 
I so. don't know what to say to you, PBG. Well, Jared, tell us about men's basketball. Men's basketball wrapped up their season with an 86-63 loss to the fourth-seeded and eventual champion Alabama Huntsville on Tuesday in the first round of the Gulf South Conference Tournament. Um, Bryant, you, and Captain Darrell and Bryant Derricott all went up there for the game, um, and all three of you talked about the mismatch that Williamson was, and man, he had a good game, 31 points and seven boards for him, and they uh, they really took took it to us in the paint. Yeah, and we couldn't score. You know, once we got down 15-4 to four early in the game, we didn't get it below double figures the rest of the contest. Um, shout out to Kadeem for keeping us in it as long as he did. Because yeah, true. I think he had 18 at one point, and Mike was the second high scorer with five. So, but yeah, Williamson would just catch it at the top of the key and then one spin move and he's in the paint yeah. laying it up, so. Uh, but shout out to Michael Zabatakis who finished with a double double, sixteen and ten. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we played him in the regular season. His games against Alabama Huntsville had not been good, uh, so it's good to see him get sixteen points, even though we lost. Um, you know, to to put up a good number against them because, like we said, those those first two were very rough performances. And Huntsville was in was in the zone at that point. They they ran through. Uh, they ran through the rest of the conference pretty pretty handily. I think the fi- I think in the in the they won the conference championship on Sunday, and it was eighty six to seventy two. I mean, it was they they beat West Alabama, who was at the top of the league all year. They beat. I mean, it it, it was a, it it was not an, an easy road for them, and they made it look easy. So, uh, whatever it is that they that they did at the end of the season, that yeah, was, they got hot. They got hot. Really. Well, two down the stretch in those last two games of the tournament. Those two other teams were pretty much in, and Huntsville was playing for their postseason lives because I don't think they get in the the regional without winning the league. So um, they had to get it done, and they did. Credit to them. Let's move on and talk about men's golf, who finished 12th at the Hurricane Invitational uh, to open the spring season. Again, we talked about it last week. We were without Austin Fulton, who is our top golfer and the number two ranked golfer in the nation now. So playing without him still had a pretty solid performance, uh, most notably Blake Collin, who finished tied for 13th with a 216 total, rounds of 79, 69, and 68. And then uh, Jack Brennan also with a good tournament down in the five or six spot in the lineup, finished tied for 37th with rounds of 73, 74, and 74. So those were our top two performances um, and, and pretty good ones out of the men's golf. All right, let's move on to talk track and field, who started their outdoor season at uh, the Barry College uh, Victor Icebreaker Duels, I believe is what it was called. Yes. Um, and for that one, we've got to start with Melita Marie Roachford, who had a pretty good day in yeah. the hammer toss. Yeah, she uh, she had a throw of 49.0 meters, and that was a long throw. Uh, and won, uh, won pretty pretty substantially in that event. That's a school record. Um it's it's three meters away from where the coach is really wanting her to be this year. Uh, he's he's thinking she can throw fifty two meters, and uh, and so th- that was kind of the quote that he gave me afterwards. He's he's pretty excited about that. Um, and then and then the four by one hundred team with Mania Thomas, Dasani Minter, uh, Shamaya Perry, and Megan Daniels finished with a time of forty nine point four three. Uh, to take the victory, and Mania Thomas and Dasani Minter, they both had, uh, they both won a different event as well. So, um, and they're kind of young in the whole thing. So excited about about new. Uh, the, one of the things that uh, Coach Bailey and I talked about after it was um, new names that are that are coming out uh, this year. Uh, we we've had a lot of the same names, and and that's a great thing. Brandy Bo- Brandy Bodie, you know. 
um, uh, Patience Collier. But now we've got new names. There's a, there's a new crop of, of kids coming through. So, Yeah, and then, uh, like you said, Mentor, she took first in the long jump, and then Megan Daniels took second in the, that event, uh, adding eight points to the tally. And just going through some of the other top performances on the day, uh, I'm going to try not to butcher this name. We've said this before on this podcast. Track is one that we don't have to say their names a lot because we don't have a home event until this year, and that's coming up in April. So if I say some of these names wrong, that's why, because I don't know how to say them. Uh, Chioma Uaoma and Amia Richardson picked up 14 points in the 100-meter hurdles. Uoma uh, finished second, and then Richardson came through in fourth place. Um, in the 100-meter dash, we took second, third, and fourth. That was Amia Culpepper in second. Kira Montefusco in third, and Hannah Dunstan in fourth. Um, it, moving to the triple jump, Haley Trammell finished first at that event, jump of 11.09 meters, um, and then Megan Daniels finishing third in that event, giving us six points in the triple jump. Brandy Bodie, second place in the shot put, scoring three points, her throw of 12.8 meters. And lastly, let's talk about Kailani Serapian, yep. um, finished um third in the javelin with a throw of 32.32 meters well and and all of that combined into one nice package of a west georgia wolves win at the victor icebreaker duels um so uh, a really good uh, and a really good performance i think we won like 160 to 97 or something like that like it was a significant victory so a lot of points scored uh and a, and a great start to the to the outdoor season yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't know they had won the meet because a lot of times you go to these meets and they don't actually keep a team point total. Um, so shout out to them for winning. Well, and and the the tweet was was difficult in that because they didn't score discus. There there was like seven events that they didn't that they didn't score and put out the live scoring uh, right when it happened. So we didn't find that out till later. So gotcha. I, I had written the entire story for it and and posted it. Um, before we even knew what was what the final results were, but we knew that we were going to win because there was there was a pretty insurmountable advantage. All right, so that's what happened last week with the Wolves across so many different sports as we move through March. Now it is time for our someone to howl about as we name our players of the week. Um, like I said earlier, I'm going to kick this one off because I didn't want anybody to steal it. Not that I think anybody would steal this one. Um, but I just wanted to be sure. Um, I'm going to go with R.J. Janky. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. She missed seven games with a concussion and then comes back and since coming back has just been on a tear, hitting 454 with the three homers, eight RBIs in those eight games since she came back. And she came back in a time when our offense was struggling. We were in the middle of that losing streak when we went to West Florida and hosted AUM, back-to-back ranked opponents. Um, so she has carried the offense and been a uh, – she's moved up in the lineups. I think she hit third um, in games two and three against Union. So uh, she's my someone to howl about because she is getting hot right when we needed her to, and uh, hopefully she stays hot at the plate this week. Nice. All right, Matt, you're up second. <laughs> I'm up second. Um, so I'm going. I'm going to the track and field for the for this one, uh, and I'm going to go with somebody who scored a bunch of points for us the other day, right. and uh, and and did a really really good job. And that's Megan Daniels. Nice. Megan Daniels. Uh, was she she was part of the four by one hundred meter team that uh, that um, that took that took the the victory in that event. She also uh, she was second in uh, the long jump, and uh, and which gave us three points. 
And then uh, she also uh, she um, she finished third and uh, gave us six points in the triple jump. So a good day by her all around, and uh, she is my someone to help out, Megan Daniels. Nice. Bryant? Get the history book out because for the first time ever, I will not be using a baseball player. <laughs> all right. Who you got? Well, quick question. Does it have to be an athlete? No. All right. I'm going to change mine then. Who is it? Mine is going to be someone that is sitting in Studio 262 right now. And there's five people in here. Well, who is it? My someone to howl about is our captain, Daryl Redden. Daryl Redden? Captain Daryl. That guy worked his tail off this week. On Tuesday, we drove six hours round trip to Huntsville for a tough loss. Nice. Put in a lot of work on social media, writing the story. And then on Saturday, we both worked our tails off for Georgia High School. Putting in a lot of work behind the scenes. I think he deserves it. And he covered he covered the, the football and scrimmage in the morning. That's right. I forgot about that. They just don't make him like Captain Daryl Redden. Not they at all. They do not. They do not. I Man. aspire to be like Captain Daryl when I grow up. Uh, I'm like seven years older than him, and I aspire to be like him when I grow up. I respect that, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, our someone to howl about this week, we got uh, RJ Jakey, Megan Daniels, and uh, Captain Daryl. Captain Daryl's head's not even any bigger than it was, so humble guy. What a humble guy. Daryl, he didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, man, I love that guy. Oh, so let's talk about this week. Before we get into the preview, though, just a disclaimer. Uh, we are into this time of year where everything we've got going on is an outdoor sport, um, which means weather can affect our schedule. So can't stress enough about making sure you're checking uwgathletics.com and our social media channels to make sure you know of any schedule changes. For instance, today's baseball game against Georgia College already postponed. It will be rescheduled at a later date, but that's not going on today. What is going on today, men's golf continuing play at the Bearcat Golf Classic in Greenwood, South Carolina with a third round today. So make sure you're going to uwgathletics.com to follow along with what's going on there. Um, at the time of this recording, tennis is set to host AUM at 2 p.m. on Wednesday at Sunset Hills. Again, rain could change that. Um, so be sure you're checking the schedules and the website and the social media channels for all the changes that may occur. Um, so on Friday, track and field starts the uh, Jacksonville State Gym of the Hills Classic in Oxford, Alabama at Chocolaco Park, um, and that's a two-day event. And again, Softball is set to begin a three-game series with Shorter with a 4 p.m. single game on Friday. That could change. Baseball has already been changed to a Saturday-Sunday series. It'll start with a single game on Saturday and then a doubleheader on Sunday. Uh, Is that a 1 p.m. first pitch on Saturday and Sunday? Yep. So the times stay the same, 1 p.m. or Times are 1 p.m. for both days, uh, but it's a single game Saturday and a doubleheader uh, on Sunday. Lastly, let's look. Uh, track and field also finishes up on Saturday, and then softball is set to finish on Saturday with a 1 p.m. doubleheader again. Those all could change uh, based on the weather forecast. That is very true. All right, looking ahead for next week, women's golf will go to the Peggy Kirk Memorial Invitational in Orlando that's hosted by Rollins. That'll be on Monday and Tuesday of next week. And then next Wednesday is going to be a big day for us as it's the uh, UWG football spring game at University Stadium at, I believe, 6 o'clock is the start time for that one? Yes. So a lot of stuff going on that day uh, for or in and around University Stadium for the spring game. Yeah, it, it definitely will be – 
it definitely will be a big day. Um, and the spring game and fall game of 2020-2021 uh, really kind of set the standard for, for what uh, Dr. Kelly and the, and, uh, the administration want to do with the spring game. And so it's going to look a lot like that. There, uh, at that time, we, we had uh, Don West that had kind of created a, a – uh, a an entire dining hall yeah. pretty much on on the concourse level um i think i'm pretty sure there's going to be uh tailgating going on out outside the the gates it's going to be a, a really really fun atmosphere um and uh just before spring break on on the wednesday before spring break so uh come on out enjoy your t- enjoy yourself and uh, let's uh let's watch some good football and the some of our pro wolves should be back in attendance for that. So uh, that it's going to be a big day. Make sure you're out at University Stadium early. Uh, early weather forecast looks good for next Wednesday. Again, that's March 16th, uh, 6 p.m. kickoff. But make sure you're out there early to enjoy all of the festivities. So a lot going on, um, but that is this week and uh, looking into next week uh, and what's going on with the wolves. Well, fans, the biggest gift that anyone can give us of your resources and your time. You spent your time today listening to Jared, PBG, and I talk about our Wolves, so you've definitely given of your time, and we're greatly appreciative of our listeners and fans of West Georgia Athletics. Hopefully, you're a benefactor of the program, and we're grateful for every penny that is given to our Wolves. If you aren't and would like to be a part of the amazing things that happen here in Carrollton, there are plenty of opportunities for you to give to athletics through the University Development Office. Follow us online at uwgathletics.com and on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at uwgathletics. Remember to download download the UWG Game Day Experience app. It's your game program in the palm of your hand. Uh, it is available on any app store that supports your phone. And remember, if you enjoy what you've heard on this episode of What the How, you can get on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating and a review, and we will give you a free shout-out right here on What the How. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week as we talk more West Georgia Wolves athletics. I am Jared Boggess, and I just work here. I'm Matt Cook, your assistant athletic director for Awesome. And I'm PBG from the AOB. Next week, you shall hear Jared say, Thank you for listening to the greatest West Georgia Wolves podcast ever produced. What the hell?